Thanks for tuning in to Mountain View Fellowship's weekly podcast with lead pastor Don Headley. At MVF, our mandate is pointing people to Jesus by fostering relationships. We know Jesus cared for people and placed a lot of emphasis on relationships. So we do too. We believe that we're created for relationship with God and that he gave each one of us a desire to belong. If you'd like more information about MVF, connect with us at mvfcolorado.com. Now, stay tuned for this week's message. Today's going to be a little bit different, and I'll tell you why, because 2020 has been different. And so today, here's what I want to do. I want to do something called 2020 by the numbers. And what we're going to do is we're going to celebrate today. I want us to celebrate a little bit because we know that even though our lives got turned upside down, anyone? Yeah, it feels strange, doesn't it? Like this whole year did not go the way that we thought it was going to go. Everything seems to be just kind of uneasy and disjointed. And so I want you to know after today, uh, when you leave here, I want you to know that even though 2020 seemed completely off to us, that God was still working in the midst of all of this. And there were some great things that happened in 2020. And I want to make sure that we stop and celebrate this. One of the things I've learned about myself is I don't celebrate well. That sounds weird, right? Uh, but, but I don't. And maybe you can relate to this. Like, I'll pray for a prayer request. God will answer it. And then what do I do? I move on to the next prayer request. I don't stop and celebrate what God is doing. And so every once in a while, I think it's good for the church to stop and celebrate. So I want to do that today. And uh, in order to kind of share these numbers with you, to make sense of the numbers and why they're so important, I think we need to talk a little bit about the foundation for these numbers, first of all. So as a church, we know that God is... This is his church. Like, he's the one in control. Uh, You and I, uh, even as pastors and elders, we don't make the decision about this church. That has already been made. God made those decisions early on and handed it to us. What our mission would be, what we're supposed to be about, what we're supposed to be teaching was given to us by God. It all starts back in Matthew chapter 22 and Matthew chapter 28 is where we get this. And so let me just set the foundation for you real quick. Matthew chapter 22, it says uh, Jesus was asked a question, what's the greatest commandment? And he responded this way. He said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. And as we've talked so often, he didn't just give us one, he gave us two. And we call this the great commandment. And so talking about the mission for the church, the foundation for the church, we know the first one is to love God and love others. That's a simplistic way of saying what Jesus just said. So we understand that we're called to love God and love others. Now, later on, before uh, he ascends into heaven, he's already gone to the cross. He rose from the grave. He's been visiting with his disciples and some of the believers, and now he's getting ready to leave. He's getting ready to ascend into heaven. He gives them what's called the Great Commission. And we talk about last words a lot. You know, if if you're on your deathbed and you're giving last words, you're not going to talk about trivial things. You're going to give them the most important thing. And so what Jesus is doing in this moment is he's giving them some last-minute instructions before he leaves, and this is what he says. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commandments I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Again, this is what we call the Great Commission. And it really, if you want to summarize it, you could say make disciples. So it's the idea that the foundation, the mission of the church is the great commandment, love God, love others, and the great commission, make disciples. So six words, you can summarize what we're supposed to be doing. 
And when we talk about the church, don't think about this building. You guys know this. When I talk about the church, I'm talking about you and I'm talking about me. We're the church. This is our mission. This is what God has handed to us. This is what we're supposed to be doing. Can I just be pastorly for a minute? Uh, This needs to be your mission because everything else burns. There's nothing more important than loving God, loving others, and making disciples. That's it. And so this, is, this should be our focus. This should be our mission in life. And, and what churches do is they take this and then they go, okay, how do we do this? What's the most effective way, given our unique circumstances, our unique mission field, our unique set of people within the church, because every church is different because God has made you in a very unique way and there's only one of you and you're here in this church. And so how do we effectively accomplish loving God, loving others, and making disciples. Well, through prayer and fasting years ago, uh, God kind of revealed to us kind of the culture in eastern Colorado, and we established what we call our mandate. Our mandate is pointing people to Jesus by fostering relationships. We felt the most effective way that we could shine the brightest in this dark area was to foster relationships, good, authentic, loving relationships, the way Christ would want us to do it. Because here in eastern Colorado, we all come out here, we buy acreage, we put a barbed wire fence around it, we don't talk to anybody. We are short on relationships. We don't have relationships. And, and you guys know it goes a lot deeper than this. There's add-ons to it to where we foster relationships with God daily, with each other weekly, with those who don't know Christ at least once a month. And so there's these other fingers that come off of this to teach us how to do this and how often we need to be doing it. And so it's the idea of pointing people to Jesus by fostering relationships. So when we sit down as a church staff, as pastors, and we begin to plan out our year, which we do quite often, we plan out events, we plan out our ministries, this is the foundation. Because our job as pastors and elders and staff is to equip the saints for the work that God has for them. So if this is the work that God has for you, then we're supposed to teach you how to do that, show you how to do it, equip you, give you opportunities to do it. And so that's what we've been working on all year long for 2020. And as you guys know, things didn't go as, as well what we planned. And, and a year ago when we were planning out 2020, we had no clue what was about to happen. We had all these great plans, and we ended up having to shift gears in the middle of it. And I want to show you that even with all of that, that God was still in the move. He was doing some amazing things, things beyond anything we could have even imagined as well. And so I want to start just by talking about some of the ministries. Let me start with our women's ministry. We have a, an amazing director, and, and Jody has got an amazing leadership team around her that she's put together for our women's ministry. And uh, a year ago, they had been planning for a women's ministry, I'm sorry, a women's retreat that was coming up. Ironically, this retreat was scheduled for March 14th and 15th. And if you remember back to that, time. March 15th was the last Sunday we had in this building before lockdown. So leading up to it, there was all this, uh, you know, all this news coming out. People were getting a little antsy, a little freaked out. And so people were canceling. We weren't sure how many people were going to come. The leadership team was trying to figure out, do we cancel the retreat? Do we not? And they decided to go forward with it. And I think it was an amazing decision because they had a hundred ladies show up for that retreat. And I think there was like four baptisms that took place at that retreat as well. God moved in a mighty way in that retreat. And it's not just the retreat. They have Bible studies. They just had a holiday event in here. It was amazing stepping in and seeing all these women in here worshiping God together. So ladies, if you're not plugged in the women's ministry, you need to get plugged in. You're missing out. Our women's ministry is amazing. They're growing by leaps and bounds spiritually. 
And ladies, I actually use you guys as an example for our men's ministry. I'm like, guys, we got to get on the ball and we got to get serious about growing because our women are growing spiritually and we are going to get left behind if we don't jump on the bandwagon and get into the Word of God and start meeting and, and studying together. And so I use you ladies as an example. So thank you. Keep growing. Uh, but let me turn the focus to the men just a little bit because they took some big steps this year as well. We had a men's retreat come up and uh, unfortunately for the men, theirs was clear in October. It was way into COVID. And we didn't know until late September whether we were actually going to go or not. And by the time we got there, we, we decided to go ahead and go. And we had 35 guys show up at that retreat. Some amazing things happened. And on top of that, when we came back, they decided we needed to start some Bible studies, some men, men's Bible studies. And so every Monday, every Thursday, these are still going on, by the way, men. Every Monday and every Thursday, they get together at 8 o'clock. And if you had asked me, I would have never picked that time. But the guys said, hey, I can get the kids to bed. My, my fatherly duties are done by then. I can show up for an hour and study the Word of God with some other men. And that's what we're doing. And on average, our weekly Bible study uh, have about 14 guys. So about seven, eight guys every Monday, every Thursday that are showing up. And uh, we're just walking through the book of Mark. So men, if you're not plugged in, man, get plugged in. There's a lot of things with men's breakfasts and, and all kinds of stuff coming up. So make sure that you're getting plugged in and growing. Uh, another area that we're so proud of is our children and youth. I can't even tell you um, how important these ministries are to us here at Mountain View Fellowship. And the reason for that is because if you read through the Bible, I can't tell you how many times you come across the phrase, and then there came a generation that did not know God. And that breaks our heart every time we see that. And, and when we read that, sometimes as adults, we go, well, it's that next generation. And the reality is it's not. It's our fault because we didn't pass our faith on to them. And so we've made a decision here at Mountain View Fellowship. Our kids and our youth, they're going to be a priority here. Uh, we're going to put them ahead of our own needs if we have to because they can't take care for themselves. We have to care for them. And, and so when we got into this whole crisis, you can imagine what Darcy, our children's director, and Hunter, our youth pastor, what they had to go through. I mean, trying to schedule ministry when, you know, three, four different school districts are on different schedules. Some are remote, some are in, in person. And I mean, it was just a nightmare for them, but they continued. They stayed at it. They kept fighting and they kept doing ministry. And it was amazing what happened. One of the ideas that came out of this whole uh, crisis was uh, a Friday fun day. And Darcy put them on on different Fridays. She would have all the kids show up. She would have uh, crafts. They would do some worship. There was a lesson that went with it and games and all kinds of stuff. And we found out that this was a big hit. So maybe this might be one of those things that after we get out of this, this might be some, one of those things that we keep, maybe on in-service days or something, because it was such a big hit. We had 155 kids show up for it, and it was just phenomenal uh, seeing them leave the door and telling their parents all about what they had just learned as they were heading out the door. Uh, we also realized that on Sunday mornings, we were doing our Sunday services, but we didn't have the opportunity to, to, to do our uh, kids' church. And so Darcy said, why don't we do this? Why don't we put the packets, because we already have the lessons for Sunday mornings, why don't we put packets together for the parents so the parents could actually teach the lessons. And, and so she'd put the lessons, she'd put the craft and all kinds of information in there, things, you know, things that the family could do together to reinforce this biblical principle. And then uh, parents could pull through the parking lot and pick them up before Sunday morning. And over the course of those weeks that we didn't have services, she passed out 382 of those packets. And so 382 uh, times families were getting together and going through those packets and uh, diving in as a family into the Word of God. And so I just think that's so, so big. And these are things that wouldn't have been happening normally. Keep that in mind as well. 
another thing, I threw this in just because I like s'mores. Uh, they, they, they did s'more uh, deliveries, which I thought was great. It's just this one week they decided, hey, we're going to, um, one of the mantras here was creating moments, create moments for families to get into the Word together, to be together, to create memories together. And so she said, why don't we just do s'mores packets? And so they ran out, scoured the towns, and dropped off, uh, I think it was 123, yeah, 123 uh, s'mores packets. And we're still getting stories back from families that said, hey, this was awesome. Just for our family to gather around the fireplace, and we did s'mores together and, and spent some time with our kids. And it was amazing. It was something like 984 marshmallows and almost 1,400 grams crackers. But again, God can use whatever we hand him, right? Um, our youth, our youth kind of took a hit this year because of uh, just their school and being up and down and no graduations and all the stuff. And, and Hunter was trying so hard just to meet with our teens and love on them during a very, very difficult time. One of the things that came up is summer camps. And summer camps are tough because every year our teens rate this as one of the top things that really impacted their life. And so when we found out that the, the camp we normally go to, which is called Christ in Youth Camp, it's, we take them to a college campus, lock them in for an entire week. It's a great time to get them away from everything. God meets with them. Uh, just great lessons, great worship. Um, they canceled all of those this year. And Hunter came in and he said, look, this, this can't happen. Like, our, our teens need this. They need something, and we got to do something. And what ended up happening is he got together with another youth pastor east of Colorado Springs, and they decided to do their own CIY camp. And so one week they took all the high school students down there. The other week they took all the junior high students. And in total they had 68 uh, teenagers uh, go to summer camp this year in the middle of this crisis. And so I just think that was amazing that we would have 68 kids uh, spend a week um, just in the Word of God studying and learning about Jesus Christ. Uh, let, me, let me turn my focus to you guys for a little bit because uh, you guys have been amazing through this time. You would think that in 2020, when all this hit, that you guys would back away from everything, that everybody would be like, well, we're just going to you know, push pause on everything, and you didn't. And, and I want to compliment you. Uh, Denise, our director of volunteers, said to make sure that I told you guys that um, thank you. Thank you for sticking with us in this crazy time. You guys were there every time we called, every time we put the word out, and, and we needed volunteers. You guys showed up in, in force, and so thank you so much. You guys serve like nobody's business. Uh, as an example, over this year, in our children's ministry alone, we've had 76 different adults working with our, our kids just loving on them, whether it was Friday fun days or Sunday mornings or whatever it was, 76 adults that said, I agree with the church that this is our greatest asset and we need to love on them. And you guys did it. It was amazing. So thank you so much. Another area we saw increase was uh, volunteers added to our worship and tech team. And you can imagine why, because as soon as this hit, uh, get this, uh, our worship team would have to show up early. They would have to rehearse and then we would turn the cameras on and they would have to lead worship to an empty room which was very difficult. The other thing that happened is we went live stream this year. We, so we added a whole bunch of other equipment, um, tried to get online, tried to produce something that you could actually watch from home. And that required a lot more volunteers and, and technical volunteers as well. And through the course of all of this, we actually added 11 members to our worship team, to our tech team. And those, those are people who are just dedicated week in, week out, just here getting it done. And thank you. If you ever come in and you enjoy a service and you leave and you never once thought about, hey, um, I could hear Don's voice or the band, the band you know, the, the drums were too loud or the lights were, you know, they weren't bright enough. Or if you, don't, if you didn't think about any of that, 
that's testimony to how great our volunteers are and what a great job they're doing. You can just come in and enjoy a service. And so thank you to all the volunteers. And I'm just highlighting and skimming off some things. I know there's so many other areas we could hit this morning, but I just want to give you a few of them. Thank you for, for serving and uh, serving God in this way. Uh, also, one of the things that came up that we were not planning on, when we got into um, COVID and they shut things down, we had a lot of people within Mountain View Fellowship that immediately lost their job. And if you're still working your job, this is so foreign to you. It doesn't make sense. But uh, we had a lot of people in different industries that as soon as the lockdown hit, they didn't have a job and they were out of work. And families right away began to hurt because of this. And so Pastor Ryan, uh, our missions and outreach pastor, he got a hold of Secor down in, in um, Parker and they distribute food to those who need it. And so we, we developed a uh, partnership with them right away. So that very first week, March 15th, right after that, we had our first shipment come in. And, and what it is, it's, it's a package that you deliver to a house. It's usually two boxes, and both boxes are full of different food, fruits, vegetables, things like that. And then there's a whole package of meat, whether it's hamburger, chicken, whatever it is. And, and every family gets, gets a big, massive package. And since that started in March till now, uh, we have actually served uh, over a thousand of those to different homes up and down the I-70 corridor, which was a ministry that wasn't even going before this. And it's, it's been so amazing. And many of you took part in that. Like you showed up on Friday and you took the food and you delivered it because it was your neighbor or a family member or somebody who needed it. Thank you for doing that, guys. You, you've done an amazing job of just being the hands and feet of God during this time. One of the things that we said a few years ago is that we were going to get back to prayer. Uh, we felt like the church was established on prayer. We launched on prayer, and it seemed like we kind of drifted away from it over the years. And we said a few years ago, we're going to go back to being a church on its knees before God. We're going to get serious about prayer again. And, and so we were doing really good last year. We had a bunch of prayer nights, these different things. But as we came into this year, January, February, March, we had our prayer nights, and then boom, we got hit where we couldn't gather anymore. And so you have an option. Do you just stop or do you continue? And if you continue, you've got to be creative. And of course, we said we can't stop. And so Pastor Mike started working hard on how do we continue uh, to, to be a church in prayer. And uh, over the course of the year, we had 12 different prayer nights. And as I said, only three of them were in this building. The rest of them were like in cars. You pulled in and he set up an FM radio station where you tuned in and everybody was directed in prayer and how to pray and worship together and just some creative things to continue to be a church before God praying. And so thank you so much for everybody that kept coming out for those and taking part in that. Um, it was amazing to watch um, all of you just kind of respond to this, this whole crisis. Uh, one of the questions I kept getting though was how many worship services did we miss? Like how many Sundays did we miss because of this whole thing? And uh, I want to answer that because I think it's incredible. Uh, the answer is actually zero. We didn't miss a single one. And I'll tell you why. Because as soon as we went into lockdown, we had a Sunday morning worship service ready for you the very next Sunday because the band came in early, we recorded everything, we had it all ready to go, and we launched it. Even those 28 weeks when we were not in the building, every week we had a Sunday service for you that was available. And then for the 10 weeks after that, we were limited to 50 people in this room and we were rotating people through I think it's only been three weeks now that we're somewhat open. And so it's been amazing to watch the, this whole thing develop and the fact that we never missed a single Sunday. And I'll tell you why that's impressive. Because in 2019, we had an ice storm move in one Sunday and we had to cancel services because of it. In 2018, we had three weeks that we had to cancel because of weather. And do you realize that because we implemented live streaming, we will never miss another Sunday? 
Isn't that amazing? Like, we'll just call you, yeah. We'll just call you and say, stay home, and as long as we can get the key personnel here to make it happen, we'll have a Sunday service live stream to you at home, and you can stay home and eat waffles and watch the snowfall. Deal? I, I just think it's awesome, and this is, these are some of those things I think that God was doing that we're not even really aware of the tools yet that, that have been uh, implemented during this time and, and the impact that it's going to have as we move forward. Uh, Sunday services, we kept doing them, and even though it was a kind of a cut-down year, we still had 90 services where our volunteers showed up, had to do everything, worship team had to lead worship for, uh, it was amazing. We also had drive-in and lawn chair services, I think we had a total, yeah, seven of those and I love those, and this is one of those things we might hang on to as well, because uh, that was a lot of fun, just to have everybody out in the parking lot, in lawn chairs, worshiping together. So that might be one of those that we'll pull out uh, in 2021 on a nice Sunday and just have you bring your lawn chairs and worship together in the parking lot. Uh, another stat that I wasn't going to share with you, but I'm going to because I just love it. Uh, during those lawn chair services, we had 288 sticks of sidewalk chalk that were used by our kids. And uh, they, they colored. It was so great showing up for the next couple of weeks, and, and our whole parking lot was just colored and all the designs that our kids did out in the parking lot. One of the things that this uh, whole season has pushed us into is home churches as well, where uh, some of you hosted, some of you uh, gathered with other people in their homes, and you just did church together the way the early Acts church did it. And I loved it because through July and August, we were having 27 different home churches meeting and that, to me, is phenomenal. You guys are just owning it and being the church. Thank you so much for doing that. And then, of course, special services. We had a total of 16 of those this year. Everything from the worship nights that we did to Good Friday to Thanksgiving Eve services to our Christmas programs. So that's a lot of volunteer hours, a lot of people putting in a lot of hours to make those things happen. So thank you, guys. Um, and then let's, let's talk about a couple of big ones. You ready? Uh, baptisms. We had a total of 16 baptisms this year. In a year when, yes, I, I think that's amazing. Uh, you would think that we would just say, well, I just can't do a whole lot this year. Here's what happened. We saw a lot of you go, oh, we can't gather as a church? We can't gather in the building? Well, that means if, if God's going to do what he's going to do, that means I've got to get out and do it. And you guys owned it. Like, you went to your neighbors, you loved on them, you started taking food to them, you guys, I mean, invite them into your home churches, all the things that happened. You baptized 16 people this year. And what I loved even more than that is nine were other than pastors, which means nine of you actually led a friend, family, somebody to Christ, and you got in and baptized them yourself. And this is one of the indicators that we use as, are we on the right track? Are we a healthy church? Are we equipping the saints for the work that God has for them? Are you loving God, loving others, and making disciples? And this tells me, yes, you are. Yes, you are. Thank you so much for doing that. I just love that. I think it's amazing. Uh, so the question is, what is on deck? What's, uh, what are we going to do in 2021? Uh, I found this meme. It just cracked me up. Might have to let it hang there for a minute so you get it. But here's what I've learned, all right? And this meme kind of proves it. I have no idea what tomorrow looks like. All right, we just learned that the plans we make, we just hold loosely because God might change it overnight. But here's what I do believe. God has a plan and he has not pushed pause on it. He's continuing to move forward. He's doing some amazing things. So what does 2021 look like? Um, I think based on this idea of loving God, loving others, and making disciples, we're really gonna continue pushing this idea of evangelism through discipleship. We want you to have somebody who's discipling you, and we want you to be discipling somebody else. Um, and, and it might be, you know, fostering that out relationship and bringing them to Christ and baptizing them and entering into a lifelong covenant of discipling them. 
I mean, I want every one of you to have that experience. We, we were talking to somebody here um, recently who they not only have spiritual kids, they have spiritual grandkids now. The people that they've won to Christ are winning people to Christ, and that's where I want you. I want you to um, live this out in a way that's impacting your family, your community, your schools. And so I, I believe God has big plans for 2021. Uh, another thing that we're going to be doing is continuing with our Love Your Neighbor initiative. We're going to teach you and give you ways to love your neighbor so that you might reach them uh, so that they might come to Christ. And uh, we'll see some amazing things come out of 2021 because of this as well. And then, of course, the last one I want to share with you is the church planting. We're going to continue with this. We planted the seed of a church in Lyman this last year. And if you just join me in prayer, we've got a couple things working. I'm praying that God opens the door for one or the other, because if it does, it's, it's going to change a lot of stuff for us in Lyman. I'm excited about that. We want to get that church up and going. And then, of course, start, start moving toward Elizabeth, Fort Morgan, those areas as well, because the live stream, it's opened the door for us to be able to do some really, really cool things and be able to launch churches uh, in a different way. So I'm very excited about that. So, guys, uh, I'm excited about what God is going to do. I can't wait for it. I know that through this last year, I've learned, uh, you know, Job 42 says that God's plans cannot be thwarted. They can't be stopped. And, and Proverbs 21:30 says, no human wisdom or understanding or plan can stand against the Lord. God has a plan and he's working it out. He is not stopped moving. And so I want you to look forward to what God is going to do in 2021 and be praying about what your role is in that. Can I pray for that? And, and just bow your heads and join with me in that. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now as your people. We, we're excited um, about what this next year holds, Lord. I, I pray that uh, as we sit and talk about these numbers, that you would just multiply them in 2021. That 2020 was a year that we learned how to lean into you even more, how to have more faith and less fear, and to trust you uh, with the, even the things that we were having trouble letting go of. God, I pray that each person in this room uh, would just be lifted up and that they would find their place where they can serve, where they can get plugged in, where they can have an impact for you this, this coming year. God, I pray that 2021 would be one of those years that um, defines us as individuals, as a church. And I pray, Lord, that all these things continue to just make big the name of Jesus Christ in eastern Colorado. We give you all these things. We ask that it all all that we say and all that we do just glorifies the name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said.